Hello and welcome to Mean Guys, the podcast that traces two brothers' journey of self-discovery through the medium of traditionally feminine films. I'm Ben. And I'm Max. And throughout this series, we'll be delving into some cheesy rom-coms and trashy teen dramas that you have been telling us to watch. In this episode, we're talking about the British modern classic, Notting Hill. So it was one of my recommendations that I got. So on on the famous Instagram post where we put into our stories and only got one response, this was my one response from my friend Ollie. It must be good then if this is the 100% recommendation. 100% of of my recommendations on my side was this film. So yeah, I, I at least hope it... Um, hoped it was good before watching right. it. So recommended by Ollie. Can you remember if he said anything about um, no, Notting Hill? No, I just checked my messages and because it was a story thing and not actually in messages, I can't actually see what he said. But he he enjoyed the film himself and thought, for this would be good for a review here on Mean Guys. So Fair we'll see enough. what happens. It's a pretty well-known one, isn't it? I've, hmm. Despite us not ever seeing it before, it's, what, like I said in the intro, kind of a modern classic good sort of touchstone for lots of things yeah i think one of the main reasons i wanted to put it on the list because i remember about this time last year you were half thinking about even moving to the notting hill area but then covid happened had it not been for covid for the last year i would have been very much in the vicinity of notting hill some of the time living your hugh grant fantasy that's the thing i think uh, maybe it would have been a slightly different reality (laughs) to the to the film (laughs) you'd like to to imagine you know but before we get onto the plot What's, it, what's in the corner over there? Oh, I think I think some poetry is going on over there. Is, oh, wow. Is it time for Poetry Corner? I think, I think it, it is. it must be. Um, it's my unlucky uh, turn to be doing Poetry Corner this week. Uh, we're kind of running out of these short poems, I feel. You're going to have a tricky job uh, next time. Oh, no. But I've, I've taken one uh, last, relatively easy one. I have chosen an acrostic, I believe it's called, um, where each line... Uh, starts with a letter sort of spelling out the words of the title of the poem, uh, which is Notting Hill for this purpose. Very creatively titled. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I've, I've kind of spelled that out and made that pretty obvious um, as we go. So without further ado, here is my uh, poem for Notting Hill. N is for notable, notable cast. O is for orange juice spilled walking past. T is for travel books sold in Will's shop. T is also for true love, the crux of the plot. I is for intrusion, N is for the news. G is for a girl asking if he can love you. H is for horses, and hounds for that matter. I is for interviews, full of chatter. L is for laughter, where jokes abound. L is also for London, where Notting Hill is found. Wowza, I love that! There we oh, go. that's great. Some um, some dodgy rhymes there to make it work, but that is uh, that is my summary of Notting Hill, the plot. Oh, not too dodgy. I, I think the the T is also and the L is also is was the bits that I thought it Fair kind enough. of. I must say, I, I sort of spent the last sort of half an hour or so working on that poem. Haven't had a lot of time to think about what actually happened in the film or plan what I'm going to say about that. So you kind of got to carry the rest of this. Uh, okay. Well, half an hour is an understatement. God, he, he, I was hoping, I was expecting like William Wordsworth for the amount of time you spent to write that poem. He had a banana break in the middle to clear his mind hey you always need a banana break um to, to write good poetry all the best poets that's what shakespeare said <laughs> yep, absolutely um but anyway that, that's my summary first of all if it needs explaining we're back in the same room which isn't always the case um and we watched this film yesterday with the parents as well yes with mum and dad which interestingly they said <laughs> well 
mum had said she'd watched this film 30 years ago, which is quite an achievement seeing it was released in 1999. Um, so not sure quite what was going there, but we, we gathered that they probably watched it about 20 years ago as it, when it was released in 1999, uh, soon after it came out, maybe in cinema, who knows? Maybe cradling you in their arms. Possibly. So they'd seen it before, but seemed to enjoy it once again. Um, what did you think? Overall, I think I, I enjoyed it. I did. I thought it was a, a solid film, in my opinion. How about you? I think, yeah, it's very much in line. Um, to put this into context, this is a Richard Curtis film that was released shortly after he made Four Weddings and a Funeral and preceding Love Actually and like Bridget Jones and all that. And it's very much in keeping with the style of all of those Certainly, I just mentioned. Yeah. It doesn't stray very far from that kind of the usual narrative of this kind of movie. Yeah, it's kind of like this. We, we talked a lot about sort of Notting Hill and, and London at the start. Notting Hill's really just a sort of, what well, now kind of expensive, but sort of stand kind of like part of central London. Whereas for him, it's this wonderful place where he works in a bookshop and people wander around. Clearly, you imagine from sort of a very sort of privileged version of London, but, you know, a very Hugh Grant perfect London. Sure, I think well, I think lots of people feel that way about where they're from or where they're living. They kind of fantasise it in their mind just to make it living there more bearable almost. So we are seeing it through his lens, certainly. And the setup is he, so I said, he works in a bookshop, which to me, I can't really pinpoint any examples, but that feels like a kind of rom-com trope of like someone working in a sort of failing local little shop. Inexplicably, like you think about that film couple of Christmases ago, like last Christmas. Oh, Amelia okay. Clark, she, was she in works the, um, in a Christmas shop. central London gift shop, uh, which is weird. In central London to have such a small kind of independent shop, I think. Yeah, especially for something so specific, because it was a Christmas shop 365 days of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, and this one, that was kind of the running joke, is this is a purely a travel guide bookshop. Yeah, well, they must exist, but um, I, I knew kind of, I read that he owned a, he, well, not owned a bookshop, he worked at a bookshop. And then the kind of setup is uh he kind of bumps in literally bumps into this movie star uh, and invites her back to kind of get cleaned up after being splashed with orange juice it is isn't it uh and from there romance blossoms indeed yeah i think it was quite a nice little meet cute like um for rom-com meet cutes this is what i think this one would stand out if i was thinking about them just in general because it, it was really nice just to see what happened and that spurred on the rest of the story where sometimes people just bump into each other and it's like, oh, and it, they're forced to be together because that's what the movie's doing, whereas this felt a bit more natural almost. It felt natural, but it's clearly... Oh, yeah, it's clearly not. Forced. But... I find it kind of funny and endearing in a way. It reminded me a bit like, um, you know, that sort of fan fiction that people write. He's imagining a movie star and then it's, it's this conveniently sort of uh, falls into his lap. In a sense, sure, but he wasn't like the world's biggest fan of her. It wasn't like he no. he would have wrote, written fan fiction about her individually. It was, which was quite nice because I suppose she's used to lots of people just going after her because she's a movie star. Whereas they just kind of fell for each other despite her being a movie star. Yeah, and that was the kind of dynamic, isn't it? It's that um, yeah, she, yeah, she's so used to it, and uh, he's kind of oblivious to a movie star. But then you get that kind of culture clash when she then gets invited to a dinner party and uh, heh, some of his family and friends are big fans. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was quite a good scene. I did like watching like, um, the clash of cultures there. I think it was kind of funnier than I imagined. There was quite a few kind of... It, it, 
it was a com-heavy rom-com. Oh, certainly, yeah. And, and I think there were some moments where I laughed more than I usually would in a film like this, definitely. Um, even in comedy films, sometimes I can watch a whole comedy film without laughing. Whereas in this, it did make me chuckle a couple of times. And it's a rom-com. It's not just mm. concentrating on comedy. So I, guess, I was quite impressed with the comedy. Yeah. I guess that's kind of the, the beauty of the genre sometimes. It's If you get a film that's not trying to be funny all the time... The bits where it sort of surprises you with the humour. It's maybe a better way of getting there. Yeah, in, in particular, like, they've got the horse and hound stuff. Um, it was a particularly favourite kind of hilarious yeah. moment for me. Yeah, and then the, the character Spike as well, his roommate, is you know, quite often the source of, of those sort of jokes. He was just a bit too kind of cliché for me. I mean, the whole film was a bit too cliché for me, but um, uh, him in particular was just like, he's the funny side character that every film has. Sure, I guess so. But you know, that's the whole point. If if you're if the central two characters are, are the romance, then you're gonna need some side characters for the comedy. Yeah, I suppose so. It just felt very cliche. And I think the whole, as I said, the whole film kind of did. You know, with the um, rushing to get her before she leaves the country at the end in the car was like the most rom-com trope ever. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I did like the kind of polite car chase through through London though. And having to just stop at some traffic lights and, and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I think that is what elevates this film. Just, it's really cliche, but then with a twist of polite Britishness. And that just makes everything better. Yeah. I wonder if it feels more cliche with with Hugh Grant having done lo- lots more of these and becoming he's really famous for being this kind of rom-com lead, isn't he? Well, yeah, that's one thing I did write down as a, as a conversation starting point, Then I wrote, Hugh, same person in every movie, question mark? <laughs> Not much acting going on. But also, um, I did think that Julia Roberts was playing a famous film star, who she is. So <laughs> in the movie, was there much acting going on at all, is my question. <laughs> that could be true, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't really know what Julia Roberts is like in real life, but like the the interviews and stuff I've seen with Hugh Grant, I think I agree. He doesn't really stray that far away from what he plays in every single film. every movie that he's in. Yeah, yeah, it's true. As the Prime Minister, he's the same as someone who works in a travel bookstore. Yeah, yeah. If we're going for cliches, I suppose, one thing I noticed was heavy use of montage. That's a kind of yeah, um, long favourite. You've got that quite iconic one. Oh, that's a nice scene. With like the kind of seasons changing as he walks through the street. Yeah, kind of I seamlessly. think that was my favourite cinematic scene of the whole movie. Just kind of him walking through, you know, with the uh, icy thing and it just changing. You can see the weather, the rain in the autumn to start with, then the snow, then it burst into spring all while walking down the market in Notting Hill. That's a, yeah, I, I really love that scene. Yeah, no, it's a nice bit. So um, one thing I've got written down, Ben. Yeah. Is um is whoopsie daisy plural? Because I swear he goes whoopsie daisies and I s- has it ever been plural? That's true. The, the whoopsie daisies. Because <laughs> the, the the kind of thing is we're taking the piss out of uh, Hugh Grant for being this like typical British guy, but like we can probably be accused of that. We're, we're too two men from the south that I find myself saying like okie dokie and, and things oh, like I, that. I say whoopsie daisy sometimes but yeah. I say whoopsie daisy not whoopsie daisies sure. and I didn't know I've been waiting all this time to ask you just am I saying it right or is Hugh Grant saying it wrong? Is, oh, I mean I'd say oopsie daisy yeah. Daisy, yeah, yeah. The occasions that I do would say oopsie daisy. Why is he pluralising it? Mm. Maybe there's some hidden like subtext there that we need to look into in a deeper <laughs> level. Might be a bit of a stretch but maybe oopsie daisies. He's made multiple mistakes there, who knows? He's just trying to climb up a thing, that's yeah. just one mistake, isn't 
I've got a few just kind of random other questions, much like this um, kind of whoopsie-daisy plural that I just wrote down when I was watching it. So shall we do okay. some quick-fire well, questions? Hey, well, clearly I'm some sort of expert on Notting Hillwood, so hey, do, do a Q&A far away. Okay, so did you find when they first met in the uh, bookshop, book, bookshop um, that he kind of just went, fine, and did you find him just slightly rude to her in that first bookshop meeting? Possibly. And and sort of telling her what book to um to buy as well, that kind of dynamic. Yeah, I just thought it felt a bit off just to start with, but then it got into a bit of a flow. Okay, I'm true. <laughs> Next question. Well, it's not really a question. This one. This is just a comment. He says the phrase "fishes," and then complains about the semantics of her. So at one point she says the word "couple," and he goes, "Is that two? And beforehand, he said the word fishes. And that's not a word. He can't complain about semantics after saying the word fishes. Fishes, what, the plural being fish? Yep. I suppose so. That's right. Next question. Um, I feel a bit like, you know, the Julia Roberts character, Anna, in here <laughs> at the end. You're about to ask me to, uh, you know, live together for the rest of our lives in true love. Um, well, <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I'm far out more questions. What? Julia Roberts in the suit and tie. Am I right? Uh, um, I, I'm always rubbish. I always pay attention to the music and stuff like that. The fashion always escapes me. At what point was she wearing a suit and tie? Well, I think it was mainly um, during the interview stages, but then she takes the blazer off and she's just kind of got hanging there and when he walks into the room and she's just kind of mm. kind of scruffily wearing this like kind of shirt and tie. Oh, I see. A good look. A very 90s kind of, you know, early, that kind of thing as well. That's true. This is kind of end of 90s. A lot of the films we watch, like those kind of high school ones, are sort of early 2000s, but it's still... That same kind of time period, yeah. Next question. Next question. Did they pay in the restaurant after they walked out? Because you know there's the restaurant scene, and um, like they hear some lads over like talking loudly about Julia Roberts's character, but then they just kind of walk out. I don't think they pay. <laughs> it's good your people like you are checking up on stuff like this. You know, um, you can get back to them now, make sure they've uh, paid their bill. I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm guessing maybe maybe they'd already paid. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. Well, maybe she got her people to do it, I think, because she was so famous. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And I've got one final question on my quickfire questions list, Ben. You know that overhead shot of the garden in London where they both sit on the bench kind of halfway through the film? Yeah. Um, he kind of starts like wandering away from her before. So she goes and sits down on the bench. He just starts kind of wandering opposite, opposite direction. And she goes... Hey, come and sit down. Why didn't he just go and sit down in the first place? What was his wondering about? Um, okay, so my answer to that is like, he's just like not being presumptuous. He's, yeah, but yeah. you can stand there and not be presumptuous. You don't have to start walking away. <laughs> I guess they're trying to play him off as kind of a bit awkward and a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't know whether to sit down or whether to play it cool and walk away or whatever. Oh, interesting. Like you think that? he was in his head, he was playing it cool. It just seemed weird. Like, you don't have to sit right next to them because I can see that being presumptuous, but. Just carry on standing where you were. <laughs> hey, I don't know. That, that's my answer to the question anyway. I'm, I must say I'm pretty disappointed, you know, the last question. I didn't get um, romantically uh, asked in a sort of weird way. Like a, like we are a, brothers, Ben, uh, so I thought, you know, yeah, we, should, we should reduce that. It's true. But yeah. We don't want anyone having like a, a sweet home Alabama TikTok kind of uh, meme on for the this podcast, podcast. though, the podcast needs a romantic subplot, surely. Maybe near start introducing kind of um, fictional subplots going on. Oh, what? Uh, we're, we're like talking to someone off camera who's filming or editing like, like the great Benito or something. Oh, off menu reference. I like it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe that is. Oh, what's that you said, Laura? Oh, Laura likes that idea. 
Oh, okay. Oh, thank you, Laura. That's very, very handy. Yeah. Well, she's she's kind of grinning at you. Oh, she, 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 she found that quite funny. Oh, well, I mean, I'll have to see how that goes. I don't want to go in too fast, then. I'll just keep... Keep yeah. it cool. You don't don't walk away from her like you, like you're in the bench. No, just... I'm going to stand there. I'm not going to be presumptuous. I'm just going to stand right here here and carry on doing this podcast. And I think then Laura will get the right vibe. Not too presumptuous. Not too trying to be cool. Well, we'll let you get uh, back to Laura maybe after we finish the podcast. But um, back to the film before we get onto some of the um, kind of ratings towards the end. One thing I noticed as well about Hugh Grant. As interestingly, some of the plot of the film is about kind of the battle between kind of loving this uh, sort of uh, big movie star and kind of the fact that she's got this very different life where, you know, the press are kind of after her a little way. She kind of has to take refuge in his house at one point because they're sort of exposing this stuff about her. And that she's going after like a cheat as well. You know, he's going after a cheat because she, you know, completely cheated on her boyfriend for her. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But interestingly, like, so in the end, they kind of, he resides himself to the fact that kind of that life is worth loving her for. for yeah, yeah, certainly. That's a very romantic way of putting it, man. Like, maybe our words were. There we go. But like off camera, Hugh Grant has an interesting kind of background in that his kind of phone was hacked by... Um, News of the World during the sort of News of the World hacking scandal. Oh, I vaguely remember that. So, like, in the last 10 years, well, he's been public in sort of being extremely against the press, kind of speaking out against them at every opportunity um, and sort of appearing on these inquiries to talk against his experience of dealing with sort of these tabloid press. So it's quite interesting that, you know, the conclusion of Notting Hill is that, you know, Julia Roberts is worth putting up with the the uh, tabloid press for but wonder if um 10 years later what uh, hugh grant's opinion of that would be <laughs> well i suppose that's i mean love is different to career because he's he's dealing with that due to his career and maybe he, d- he shouldn't deal with that for co- his career but maybe you can deal with a few more things for love maybe maybe that's the uh that's the moral of uh, more of the film. I don't know. What more of the film? Give up stuff for love, but not for your career. <laughs> sure, that's what I take from it. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so it's now time to go through kind of more rigorously what we thought of the film. Nice. Starting with some of our uh, standard tests. Let's go the tear test first of all. Test of whether at any point we shed a tear watching it. Well, I always like you going first on this one, so I don't feel as bad going second. Oh, feel bad. Um, okay, then. Um, no, no tears uh, from me here. But Max, if anyone uh, sheds a tear, it's it's usually Max. I did not, but yeah, well, I I, ha- I I just have noticed I haven't been shedding as many tears at films recently. Like just overall, so mm. I'm, I'm wondering if this test is becoming worse over time because yeah. I'm becoming a bit desensitised to just films in general <laughs> and life. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> so the the childlike innocence of maybe the first sort of four or five episodes. Yeah, of this series podcast, one, Max. Yeah, you've become kind of old and bitter. Yep, just don't cry anything now. Okay, well, moving on from the tear test, then we will go for who you're shipping. Okay, now this is an interesting one. Because I wasn't really shipping anyone in this film. Because, well, no, I really, really loved Hugh Grant as a character. He was a lovable character. You were made to feel bad for him. 
And, oh, what was the quote he says at one point? Let's get it up here. Apart from the American, I've only loved two girls, both absolute disasters. The first one marries me, then leaves me faster than you can say Indiana Jones. And the second one, who seriously ought to have known better, casually marries my best friend. And you realise that in life, you know, he hasn't found the right person. And it does make me question if Julia Roberts is the right person also, because she is a problematic character in this movie so i think he deserved better almost he deserved better yeah uh, right yeah i see i saw some headline while, while looking into this that um hugh grant re- i think recently interviews has, has said uh how uh if he was to rewrite i guess any of the films he's been in and have a different ending it would be that they at some point have a messy divorce and a true sort of hollywood start all fighting over uh, like the money and the kids or whatever eventually oh, that's how he imagines the real so the reality of how that uh relationship would end up so it might have descended into more of like a kind of a bridget jones type thing if it went on for more yeah. films like you know just keep breaking up keep having troubles i think so i think that maybe is the actual outcome at the end of this you know interesting post uh, credits of this film how about you then did you have any kind of dream ships in this film uh, I don't know about a dream ship. It's worth mentioning. I said about Spike, the main character. Obviously, the the only the, the main other uh, romantic thing going on is between Spike and Honey, the sister of the, the Hugh Grant character, which is a, a kind of nice little, almost like a comedy sub romance going on. Yeah, I mean that could have been a film in itself, just like kind of her getting you because it was first uh, there was Hugh Bonneville's character to start with, wasn't there? And wasn't there a little kind of spark between? Honey and him? Was that? Well, I don't know. I felt there was a bit of romantic tension. I don't know if that was deliberate or not. It was was the Hugh Bonneville character just a friend? Yeah, I didn't mean that. He was just there, wasn't he? Yeah. Good old Hugh Bonneville, just, just there. Um, I think... I, I, I don't know. I sensed a bit of romantic tension between her and Hugh. And then she kind of ended up going for Spike in the end because they were better suited, I thought. Okay. That's how I took it, but then oh, I may so be looking too deep. You're not going with an outside uh, who you're shipping then? Oh, I could do. Hugh like, and Honey. Like a Hugh and Honey. Hugh <laughs> and Honey. That's a, I mean, it's a good band name, isn't it? Or maybe like a soap? I mean, it goes together just as well as Apricots and Honey from this film. Very true. So, that leaves us then with the new feature of uh, Mean Guys Season 2, which is taking a little look at a BuzzFeed quiz. Now, as we're sat in the same room, I just thought, a bit like you fired away questions to me in a uh, press conference earlier, I could just maybe put out some conversation starters from this quiz I found, which is not BuzzFeed, but uh, a website called zoo.com, which has an extremely long quiz for Notting Hill episode. So I'm going to try and pick out some best bits. Yeah, shoot some questions. First one. It's a very London-centric film. What London landmark would you most like to see? London Eye, Buckingham Palace, Big Ben or London Bridge? I, I do like the London Eye. It's quite exciting, isn't it? Really? The big circular. That's like the modern choice, isn't it? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a modern guy, Ben. I, I was born in this millennia. You were, you're an old one. You're a newfound metropolitan guy, sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to go. I've got to go for my namesake, Big Ben, surely, haven't I? Well, yeah, I mean... You're small Ben here, so that's probably all your hopes and dreams to be Big Ben. Right, then we've got the question, what would you serve at a dinner party with William and his friends? We've got options of Chinese, a pot roast, tapas, or you'd make soup. Do you, you make a mean soup? Ooh. 
I mean, I've, I've tried to make soup over the last year. I haven't oh, yeah. made it before. Yeah. Um, little lockdown project, is that? Yeah, yeah, soup making. <laughs> no, I had a, a cookery book and I was been trying to get through it, but um, it, they didn't go very well. Oh, that's right. Didn't you make onion soup? I made, yes, yeah, onion like, soup. The most kind of... Not say difficult, but like you know, it's not really a good. Oh, you have to like cook it for hours and reduce the onion down to bits. Oh, it was it. It worked out terribly then. And you didn't even like it, am I right? Oh no, no, yeah. Well, I mean, I I had it, but mainly just through soaking it up with bread. So my guess for this question, it's probably not going to be soup. No, I'd go for a bit of tapas because they're kind of a mixed bunch of friends. So I would uh, it'd be good to have like something as varied as their friend group um, in a meal. Oh, good chance. A very thoughtful choice. Yeah. Oh. Nice one. Um, <clears throat> what do you like most about Hugh Grant? Is it he's gorgeous, he's a good actor, he, he's survived controversy? Maybe there's something more going on there that I don't know about. But yeah, I'm still, not sure. still mysterious, that is. Or I love his accent. Oh, it has to be the gorgeous or accent, doesn't it? Oh, like, yeah. oh. <laughs> Interesting that you're leaving out he's a good actor there. That says a lot, yeah. Well, well I said he's, he's the same person in each film, and mm-hmm. I couldn't have then went and say he's a good actor, because <laughs> he is a good actor, but he's very much... I think this this movie was certainly typecast. So what, what are you going for, then? Oh, sorry. Um, I, yeah, yeah, gorgeous. I'm going to go. Okay. I'll go I love his accent, um, which brings us actually to the next question. Uh, can you speak in a British accent? Oh, I don't know if I can. It's so tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Tell you, can you try and do... Can you try and do an impression of an American doing a British accent? Oh, well, they would go very much like, oh, would you like a pot of tea? You know, they they yeah. go very much to Queen or, I think, partly due to Hugh Grant, yeah. a very southern kind of posh accent. Yeah, well, similar, isn't it? That kind of received po- posh English accent. Whereas like, Britain's got some of, like, the most varied accents and, like, lo- loads of different countries in the world. Like, in America, is a much bigger country and they have less variation, I think, in accents than we do in... Yeah. In England. Or at least the same amount, but, but spread out over yeah. a much greater area. Okay, and then uh, one more question I found here. This is an interesting one. Uh, another sort of BuzzFeedy thing. Um, where would you take Anna Scott on a day out? So the options are, I would take Anna to a private secluded cabin. I would take Anna to a botanical garden. I would take Anna out for pizza. Or I would take Anna shopping. That's a hard one, because... As a person, I know that she would appreciate this private cabin, but also that seems a bit kind of, as I say, presumptuous and maybe a bit pervy. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, well, what do you think? What, what do you think she'd like the best then? Um, well, if if it was private in its own way, maybe like book out a, a shopping mall or book out a pizza place for her, just so there's no press there um, on the day. So even I like the idea of the privacy, but and I do like pizza, so I go pizza. I think. Okay. Oh wait. Oh, Laura's saying, where would you take her? Oh, Laura, um, I I would take her to something better than all them four options. They're not good enough, I think, in my personal opinion. Uh-huh. Um, I would take Laura. <laughs> I don't know anywhere better than them. I, I end up doing um, the Cat Cafe quite a lot in Leeds. Uh, so Leeds Cat Cafe? Yeah, Leeds Cat Cafe. <laughs> uh, how does that sound, Laura? I think she prefers dogs. Oh, uh, I, I'll find a... Dog cafe. <laughs> okay, okay. See character development there. No, no, very nice. Dogs over cats. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Um, so we know about that. Right? It's getting scared. Well, on that note, um, we'll be back next time with another romcom slash chick flick review. And uh, who knows, we might um, hear more about this blossoming off-screen romance we've got uh, going on. I've heard she's got an older sister. <laughs>